everyone, it's Alan Schimmel, and you're listening to another DevOps Chat. Today's DevOps Chat has a distinctly DevSecOps security bent to it. And I'd first of all like to uh, uh, welcome my guest, Kurt Glazemakers of Sixterra. Kurt, welcome to DevOps Chat. Hey, Alan. Hi. Thanks for being here, Kurt. Um, so, Kurt, let's let's start off with this first. What what type? What's your title over at Sixterra? I'm the CTO for our secure access products family. So uh, I'm basically managing the whole development teams and the product for our secure access product family in Sixterra. Excellent. And uh, among the secure app access uh, products that Sixterra is is offering is something called AppGate. Yes, that's correct. Give our audience a little background. What what's AppGate about? So AppGate is a a tool that's based on on some of the fundamental principles of zero trust to provide clients wherever they are uh, in the office, in the airport, uh, maybe in the Starbucks, secure access to their uh, core applications, and in such a way that the applications are securely uh, accessed wherever they are and from whatever device you have. Uh, that's basically, uh, in, in a nutshell, what it does. Uh, it Got creates it. a wide network, yeah. Got it. And, and Kurt, you know, bigger picture, Sixterra, give it, if you can, I, I've got our listeners a little background there. Well, yeah, sure. Uh, so Sixterra is, is, is pretty new um, in, uh, in the market. We exist exactly uh, one year and uh, 25 days today, so uh, it's, it's pretty new. And it's an acquisition of uh, a 57 data centers uh, that we acquired from Centrelink and where we added security software uh, in order to provide secure collocation and hosting uh, offerings uh, in this case. Excellent. Excellent. And so is, is, is AppGate, I imagine it's not offered just to your data center customers, or is it? No, the, actually, AppGate came from uh, from one of those software acquisition teams. So we actually are widespread. Um, uh, we have widespread customers all over the world, actually. But most of uh, the data center uh, customers have a need for it because they need to access their own data center or their colocation environment. Maybe they have access uh, needs in the cloud, like uh, the public clouds of this world, like the AWS or the Azure uh, of this world. And with AppGate, we can actually accommodate all of them with one solution. And with our footprint in the data center, um, we can even offer this as a, a secure access service to all of our customers. So that's the combination of, of the software and let's say the data center footprint, which makes it very interesting uh, uh, from that perspective. Got it. Um, so we've got the groundwork laid, Kurt. Let us now jump into what you and I really wanted to talk about. And that is that, you know, Sixterra and the AppGate team have, have been on their own DevOps journey, their own DevOps transformation in how you're actually developing and, you know, continue to develop AppGate a, as a product. And, and what's really kind of unique about it, it's like one of those Russian doll, who is a doll within a doll within a doll, is you're using DevOps to to help develop a, a product that helps DevOps, right? Other DevOps teams. <laughs> yes, right? that's actually correct. Uh, yeah, so, uh, so basically, 
Yeah, so what, what AppGate basically does, it provides secure access to applications, but the applications are dynamically discovered and added to the network, which is a real DevOps case, right? If you spin up an environment and you want to connect to that environment, even if it only lasts for like a few minutes, AppGate is able to detect that and basically provide network access on the moment that the environment is live. And when it's gone, all the access rules are gone as well. So it is natively a, a DevOps-driven security technology, which helps a lot of, actually most of our customers are either in a public cloud or DevOps uh, um, um, style of, 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 of companies. Uh, uh, in, in, in as a majority, also we have enterprise customers, but this is actually has been very well adopted in the DevOps world in this case. So it's yeah, it's it's definitely is a, a a doll and a doll from from that perspective for sure. Um, if if I go back to to where we started, I I, uh, I started this process about four years ago, and the reason why DevOps for us was so important is first of all, it's a network security product which is very very complicated in in uh, in testing because it requires a lot of security skills, a lot of um, networking skills, and also software testing skills, which makes it very hard to uh, basically perform the amount of hours and uh, the amount of tests in, in, in certain hours to give quick feedback to the users, right? So, uh, or the developers in this case. So, one of the things we've done in the very first place is we really spend a lot of time on creating our own tools. And actually that, that actually took even more than a year and a year and a half to transform a, what at a time when I entered the organization was a more traditional way of developing with a development process, a QA process, a delivery process. And that process was was too slow and didn't give, give the right outcome. So the first thing we've done is we spent about one and a half year on only developing the automations and the uh, the DevOps layer in this case. So yes, that's um, that's where we spent a lot of time, and actually that also helped us um, in gaining a lot of efficiency in the Dev team after that was established in this case. Yep, excellent. So Kurt, you know we've spoken to several, more than several. We've spoken to a lot of organizations that have kind of undergone their DevOps transformation. If you can share with our audience. How did this come about? Was it top down, bottom up, middle out? You know, whose bright idea was it, right, to, <laughs> to do DevOps here? Yeah, okay, yeah, I think uh, you need actually a little bit of both, right? So when I entered um, uh, the company, um, I had some experience in the past and I really wanted to bring it uh, to the same level because uh, first of all, the, the QA profiles are very hard to find and they don't have the same throughput than if you do it in a proper uh, 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 DevOps way. So I definitely wanted to put the guidelines in, the, in here, but you cannot do it if you don't have buy-in from your own devs right now. Uh, and these devs were immediately on board and we started actually as a joint. So basically, I would say this is a, a top-down and a bottom-up approach at the same time. Um, but that definitely gives challenges because... Um, if you go from a traditional way to a new way, it means that certain people probably will not be a fit in the organization, right? So if you have QA people that have never been a coder, um, that actually gives challenges on on their skill sets. So um, so that was not the uh, that was not the easiest way to to progress in the organization. But once everyone saw the benefits, um, I think we really shifted from. A, a, a traditional driven organization to a full DevOps driven and a really advanced DevOps driven organization 
within uh, the year and a half I was talking about. So uh, yes, that's that's a bit of bit the the guideline. But you need uh, buy-in from from both your developers as well as the, the management team uh, team in this case. Mm -hmm. Excellent. And now, Kurt, what, since you've uh, you know moved to a DevOps sort of framework here, have you guys done any sort of ROI or any sort of analysis as to what? I mean, because you know one of the things we always see with DevOps is it just feels that it's better, right? We're doing it faster, quality seems a little higher. But have you actually done any benchmarks or metrics that that really get to that? Yeah, that's actually a very very good question. Actually, it's it's always hard to to measure the exact benchmarks. But if you look from an overall perspective, uh, before we were literally doing maybe one release every year, um, and that shifted almost to a monthly release uh, when this was adopted, uh, which is a, a huge difference in this case. And the way we release is typically we have some some quarterly release that contains a lot of new features, and then a monthly release which contains um, uh, smaller bug fixes and patches. Uh, but it, what the biggest outcome was for us in this case is uh, by having a quarterly release and these smaller releases, it's way easier to follow follow up with your customers on requirements, uh, especially in the beginning when. Uh, AppGate was a complete new concept. It's called software-defined perimeter, and you need to convince customers. Um, at that very, very early stage, it was, uh, yes, it's great, but I need this feature, whatever, before I can work. And if you can actually deliver that by the end of the quarter and even prove to the customer that it actually works, that definitely helped driving sales, uh, getting their numbers in by the end of the quarter. So I would say from that perspective, um, you, it's not only about releases, but the, the fact that we were so dynamic and were able to convince customers uh, to inject that last missing feature before they could sign a deal is probably the most um, visible item that even was visible by sales or management because you're actually fulfilling uh, needs from a customer at a, a much faster pace in this case, which also results in, in better uh, uh, financial results and, 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 and more happy customers as well. Excellent. Excellent. Um, so what's been the feedback? You know, as you said, it makes for happier customers and everything else. But let's concentrate on the your own internal development team. What's the feedback mm -hmm. been from them? Uh, that's actually, uh, in the beginning, I was a little bit skeptical because you need to do all this move and, and, and work. And also, not, you don't have all the right profiles. The nice thing is what happened is when they start to see the power of, of a properly done uh, DevOps style, and actually we have a little bit of a, a benefit with our product because we're not only leveraging uh, DevOps as the traditional way of working, making sure that we have all this automated testing, give direct feedback, but we're also using always our latest code base to basically uh, upload the code and, and to work with it. Even in the call right now, I'm actually using the latest version at this moment uh, through Secure Tunnel to basically um, provide this podcast. So you see that you immediately get feedback from that perspective. Um, so the first thing that we really uh, saw beneficial for the devs is that they get very, very quickly feedback to see how the software performs. Um, but secondly, also when we are a fast-growing organization, you get a lot of new talent in and um, 
the new talent is, is typically a little bit shy because if they commit something and, and it breaks the process, um, then you get, that's not how you want to start in a new company. And with this DevOps style where, where people cannot commit code before it went to the test and be, before it can be merged and all those things, you have a very strong, first of all, a very strong development process, which is not felt by the developers because they, they hardly feel there is any process. It, so it gives the developer at the same time a lot of freedom and a lot of trust in whatever code they produce. And those three elements are incredibly key to raise the amount of efficiency because people are not blocked uh, because someone has entered uh, a wrong code that actually breaks the build. Um, we have a lot of more freedom to um, to basically optimize or refactor a certain codes in the, in, in the product. And last of not least is that also from a, a security perspective, you need very, very um, uh, tough um, certifications sometimes, even if you're producing for government agencies and those kind of things. And that automation also provides a lot of uh, a lot of feedback there, positive feedback uh, for um, the, the uh, certification process because everything is automated and enforced by this by the DevOps system as well in this case. Mm -hmm. Excellent. So. Kurt, I told you the time goes so fast. We're almost up to time, but I, I wanted to talk a little bit about the other side of the house, which is how are customers using this to help their own DevOps initiatives and their own, you know, DevOps uh, development and uh, and deployments? Yeah, yeah, that's actually a very good question. Uh, yeah, what we have with DevOps environments is when you're deploying a DevOps environment. Um, you basically always say, typically want to deploy it and actually forget about it unless there is an issue when you want to go in. And this is typically administrative access or the developer has access to the system. And in a, in a real production environment, uh, in a DevOps environment, you really, really want to like have strict, strict controls on that. And we have a lot of customers, for example, in AWS or Azure that actually have this kind of discipline. And what we were able to provide is when they, even when there's their own dev environment and they test, or if it's a production environment, we can actually enforce different layers of um, access uh, in this case. Maybe for the, the public environment, you need two-factor authentication uh, and a, and, uh, a company-approved uh, uh, device in this case, or, 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 or a security device that has all the endpoint uh, protection software and, and stuff like that running. And maybe for the DevOps environment itself, but only doing quick tests, um, we might be a little bit less restricted. Uh, so normally a normal device is okay with just antivirus and um, and you're able to access it without with just login and password as an example. Uh, the nice thing is what our software does, it can actually provide both of these things at the same time. Uh, and also when the environment is being spin up, the, the metadata that you provide by creating the environment can be used as the security mechanisms. And this is really where um, we bring a lot of value for customers because if you have a DevOps environment that changes all the time, changes the IP addresses, changes operating systems and all those things, even if they last for maybe 15, 10, 15 minutes, we can automatically detect those, um, be able to provide access at the moment if needed, if there's an open ticket or whatever, we can all combine those, those, those elements. And once that is received, we also have a proper track record for which developer has access with system, even if the system doesn't exist anymore. And that has been a great value for DevOps, especially in the financial world where uh, DevOps becomes now also quite interesting um, 
financials or seeing the needs with uh, uh, fintech that they need to uh, develop at a higher pace, so they're embracing DevOps. But at the same time, they are very, very highly regulated and that doesn't change. And what we can do with our software is really provide the same or even sometimes better control on these regulations. At the same time, they keep their agility on the DevOps process in this case. Got it. Got it. So, Kurt, as I mentioned, it, the time does go fast. We're, we're running out here. But just a last question. What's the future look like with this? Well, I, <laughs> I have no idea what it will look like. But the way I see the adoption right now, uh, the way I see the need for DevOps and actually the DevOps embracement uh, in many companies these days, uh, I'm pretty sure that the old way of securing cloud or uh, virtual environments uh, using a perimeter-based events are, are definitely over. It's, it's too dynamically. Uh, there are too many hacks going around. So from, from our uh, approach, I would say this is definitely a completely new way of securing DevOps environments. And um, there are also the first uh, signs of sec DevOps are on the horizon right now. And this is, a fit, I think, the first product that really takes into account whatever security posture you set on the DevOps environment is immediately enforced on the network all the way down to the user device. And um, that basically extends whatever you're programming in, in your DevOps environment to make sure it's always secured down to the device of the user itself. And I think that is going to be a huge driver of better security, but also in a much more dynamic security uh, type of approach, which... DevOps has done a lot of great work on deployment and infrastructure. The network and the security elements um, didn't go that fast. And I think this is probably one of the next new waves that, that will drive that and make it even more secure than, than traditional environments uh, using that dynamic approach in this case. Okay. Excellent. Well, that was a great kind of insight, Kurt. I, I appreciate it. Um, we'll be looking, you know, a year, what'd you say, a year and 30 days or so? Yes, that's exactly a year and 25 days. That's how old Sixtera is right now. Well, continued success, and we'll, we'll be watching Sixtera's growth. Thanks for being our guest today on DevOps Chats, and we hope to have yep. you back on again soon. Thank you very much as well, and have All a right. nice day. Kurt Glazemakers, a CTO for Secure Access for Sixtera, joining us today. You, this is Alan Schimmel, and you've just listened to another DevOps Chat. Have a great day.